Hello, and welcome to the Guild that Keeps on Giving, a podcast about a group of friends and their thoughts, ideas, and experiences relating to D&D. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Patrick, and let's go talk to my friends. Welcome to the Guild that Keeps on Giving, the show that regales with tales of glorious triumphs and epic failures among friends. And this week, we're going to be starting our playtest of the fourth Unearthed Arcana from 1D&D. Uh, joining me, as always, is Matt Mullen. Hey, Matt. Hello. Rick McCain. Hey, Rick. Hey there. And Chris Rowan. How's it going, Chris? Hello. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So um, after our last episode, one of our colleagues couldn't make it. Uh, Weston won't be here, so the character we roll for him won't be playing with us today. But Rick will still be our DM, and the rest of us will still be dealing with whatever the Wheel of Doom gave us. So uh, take it away whenever you like, Rick. All right. Well... Welcome to the one-shot, the Mad Tower. Why don't you introduce your characters so we know who we're talking about? Uh, Patrick, could you go first? I certainly could. Uh, I am playing uh, 14th level Paladin under the new Unearthed Arcana rules. Uh, He is uh, Oath of Devotion because that's the oath that they put out uh, for test purposes. His name is Papa, and uh, he is an extremely dedicated uh, soldier for the church. Very good. And his race? I, I'm sorry. Yeah, he's a Goliath, uh, which is also what we rolled uh, from the Unearthed Arcana possibilities. Okay. And doesn't the Goliath have different sub-races based on their they giant? Do. And and uh, did which sub-race did you pick? Um, I rolled for it myself, as a matter of fact. <laughs> okay. Like I rolled for everything. Uh, he's going to be a of stone giant um, ancestry. Stone giant. So I think that's the 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 original standard Goliath, very or is very similar it's to extremely it. Extremely similar. He gets yeah. what's called stones endurance, um, right? And uh, it's really nothing new. But I wanted to stick with what I rolled. So okay, that's what I'm playing. And does Papa have any feats I need to be aware of? Papa has zero feats. He is all ASIs. Okay, except for don't you get one at the first level for your background? My background is Acolyte, and the feat I took was Magic Initiate uh, Arcane. Very good. Very good. All right, uh, Chris, who do we have playing today? This is Acrodite, based on an NPC in the very first game I ever played when I was a youngster. And uh, he is a Moon Druid, and he is a reluctant Moon Druid. He thinks he's a wizard because he's a little crazy, because these, uh, he's tried to be a smart guy his whole life but he's not very smart and he has manifested these powers uh he's a farmer so he has the tough feet and yeah that's really it i guess that's all the choices and i'm sorry what race did you say he was dwarf dwarf okay wonderful acrodite very nice so we have papa and acrodite and matt uh, my character is a halfling druid named uh, Engelbert Fizzledink, and uh, I rejected the Wheel of Doom's prophecy, and I did not uh, follow its instructions and be a dwarf. I decided to playtest something we haven't done yet and uh, be a halfling. My background, I just made a custom background, so I called it Nomad, but it doesn't really matter per se. The feat I took was Magic Initiate with the Arcane like sub choice within that uh, as my first level feat. And then I took several feats throughout our leveling process. So 
I'm also a war caster, a ritual caster, and I am resilient. Very good. Very good. Uh, ritual caster uh, is not required anymore by the new UA, so you can change that if you like, since that feat no longer applies. Uh, no, the feat is definitely still worth the dip because it says choose one ability with which you lack uh, saving throw proficiency and increase that ability score by one to a maximum of 20. Uh, saving throw proficiency, you gain saving throw proficiency with that chosen ability. So uh, let me get a little con save proficiency. Okay. All right. That is well worth the price of admission for. Does it? <laughs> so that's the equivalent of taking a. Uh a plus one plus a con save uh, feat of some sort. Does it give you ritual spells, like increased number of ritual spells or anything like that? Yes. The other thing it does is uh, you have developed a root. Oh, no, no, no. I was clicking on the wrong thing. That's resilient. Uh, ritual caster, excuse me. Yeah, you choose some ritual spells to add to your list. Okay. They can be from any spell list. You also always have the them prepared you can cast them with any spell slot you have you can also do quick rituals which is basically you can cast with this benefit you can cast a ritual spell that you have prepared using your regular casting time rather than the extended time doing so doesn't require a spell slot once you cast the spell in this way you can't do so again until you finish a long rest okay so it does it does apply i retract what i said about that so very good. And so we have... Who do you have with you, Engelbert? Oh, yes. And then uh, one of the spells I took was Awaken. So I have my new tree friend uh, who I've named... And I'm, I'd like to think his, his given name, like he told me. Uh, his name is Grandpappy Willow. And uh, I also have a bird or like an owl familiar, which I guess in the way that familiars work now, he's just like... A fae familiar that is vaguely bird-shaped. Right. So, <laughs> Well, you can make them look whatever you want. Um, sure. The otherworldly familiar feature uh, in the find familiar spell in this UA uh, made all of, the, all of the familiars basically the same stat block. Right? And then you can that pick... Is, that is what I'm reading. Yep. And then you can pick swimming, crawling, or flying. Yeah, so I guess if I can make it look what I want to look like, I didn't. I didn't think about this. I really wanted to be a cat with uh, wings, but it's still oh, flying. Okay. And it'll, in every other way, act like an owl or a bird. And then but, Forgotten but, Realms. That's called the Tressum. Uh, well, so I call him go. Jeff, but okay. you know that's just me. <laughs> so Jeff the cat bird, mm -hmm. or bird cat. Again, he's Familiar. just Jeff to me. I don't just really Jeff. judge. Yeah, we don't uh, have to judge. Okay. <laughs> Here I am trying to define everything. Set the rules down. All right. So <laughs> Jeff plays by his own rules. That's, he does. That's what I know about him. <laughs> He's a loose cannon. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's a fact. All right. So Papa, you are working for the church, devoted for the, to the church, in the country of Nosotros. Okay. Vamanos. Yeah. Yes. No, it's not Spanish. It just sounds like it. Very well. Um, and for those Casa de mi padre. For those of you who don't uh, speak Spanish, that simply means us. Uh, so nosotros is us. And you border the country Ellis, 
which is Spanish for them. So nosotros and ellas. Uh, yes. Yeah, it's a, it's a why. Well, I don't speak Spanish, so I just looked this up a minute ago. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Fair enough. I took French in high school, and that was <clears throat> a, a few decades ago. Are we bordering voulez-vous coucher avec moi this while? Mm-hmm, I hope so. That's to the south. Of course it is. Where it's hot and steamy. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay. So you have... Uh, been ordered to investigate a situation uh, that has some nature issues. So you are taking emissaries from two different druid circles. And in in Nosotros, there is one church and then all these, the the old religion, which is all the the druid circles in various places. Um, Gotcha. Ellis is a more, I guess, a non-religious kind of place and high tech. You know that they have boomsticks. Nice. Um, and, and, and they don't fight fair. But you guys have magic. So that uh, evens the playing field. Okay. So what you have heard is that one of the border villages in the contested area between the two countries of Nosotros and Aes is uh has um stopped communicating for about a week and reports have come back that the entire village was destroyed also there seems to be very near it a giant tower 100 plus feet tall that appeared out of nowhere and there's um odd happenings going on with the nature and fog and all sorts of stuff the reports are sketchy and so the church has sent Papa and the two Druidic emissaries out to investigate and find out what's going on. And that's the hook. Any questions? I'm hooked. You're hooked. <laughs> okay. So off you go. Um, you travel across the countryside. It's... Uh, of farms and then it gets sketchier you go through a patch of woods and then there's kind of like a badlands uh, area where not too many people live and this is the contested area uh, and um, as you approach the uh, hill above the village you see activity um, and it is obviously a military camp what do you do do we recognize the uniforms? Yes. Uh, very clearly uh, and known to all, this is some kind of battle group from AS. Okay. And you can smell their, their gunpowder on the, on the wind and the oils and whatnot that they do. And you, you see a lot of metal and a lot of shiny armor and occasionally they're like practicing and you can hear the, the firing of their their muskets and stuff. So is this like an established encampment that's been there um, a while? It looks like they're still setting up. Okay. Like there's an area, like they sent out advanced and there's more um, soldiers coming in. Uh, and looking at uh, nearly a hundred heavily armed soldiers. And where is this in relation to the tower? Um, well, as you look around, you see a dense uh, but small forest at the bottom of the valley. 
And then at the end of the valley past that, there's this black spires shooting up the hundred plus feet surrounded by fog. Okay. So the military unit is like outside of that fog area. Yeah. They're, they're outside of the forest. They're, you're, you're looking down into a valley. They're between us and the forest and the forest is then between us and the tower. Yeah. So going down the road, you'd pass by the military camp and it looks like they barricaded it. And where Um, is the town supposed to be? In the middle of the forest. There is okay. like a woodsman village, and, and uh, uh, they were harvesting exotic woods and things. Well, I think uh, think we found the problem here, Phyllis. Pretty obviously, these troops are stopping uh, any communication with the town. I think that's a good time to just blast them here. Don't look like they're quite ready yet. We might be able to get something off before they could summon themselves up into some ranks or get their guns or whatever those crazy materials are. Now, just a little background. You're not at war with Aeus. They're rivals, but they're not necessarily hostile. Yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa. Slow your roll there, uh, Equidite. Yeah, this is like, so this is like an East and West Berlin type situation? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I think we should strike first, though. You don't think so? Uh, well... I mean, generally, no. I thought we were just trying to figure out the mystery of what happened to the town, and I, I thought we just solved oh. it. But uh, I guess I'm not really in charge. <laughs> uh, I, d- I defer to you, uh, Papa. So we can just quickly, we can just drive right by this little fort they've made and go to the town? Yeah, you could You could easily work your way around. Uh, they have people, patrols scattered around, so you might encounter them. Um, but like I said, there's about a hundred soldiers, um, all heavily armed, scattered about. Some of them are, are, you know, forming or at the base camp. Some of them are doing patrols and different activities. Well, I mean, I expect soldiers to be armed. I just mean, are like, is this is this a type of situation where they just have a fort and we can just go yeah they, around it? Well, they block the road. It's not really a fort. It's kind of like a tent, or a, yeah, or an encampment. A tent encampment um but i mean is there a checkpoint like are we not allowed to be here for some reason oh no matter of fact i mean it's contested territory but it, it definitely nosotros's village so they're <laughs> and 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 then i assume papa would take umbrage to something like that that they're blocking off access to your own people yeah no definitely um, yeah so they've blocked the road with their encampment basically Yes, yeah. There's a barricade on the road, but you could walk around it. You know, just a wagon couldn't or supplies couldn't get through easily. You could easily work your way around and probably kind of sneak, except for you're standing on a hill and they've seen you. Like you I'm, walked over the hill and you're on the road. And So Papa is not worried about being seen. No, um, I didn't he, not. Yeah, he just he doesn't care. But, I hope not, because we're rolling around with a huge tree. Uh, yes, well, yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. thing—a walking tree. That's nice. Um, and you've drawn their attention, so you see the kind of call up, and uh, you see a what is obviously a uh, command center next to the road. Uh, there's a tent. There's uh, people, you know, giving orders and runners okay. coming and going. And uh, it's actually closer to you. So you'd get to the command area before getting to the barricade. Okay. So I'll turn to these guys and say, 
Maybe we should just find out what they're doing here. That sounds wise. I guess we could talk to him, though. Yeah. Sure. It's fine with me. Yeah, because charisma is my highest score. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good, because it's not mine. Uh, yes. And I love how you looked... for a long time. I loved how Papa looked directly into the camera. Uh, right. To break the fourth wall. That's, that's how he does that. Yeah, that's how he That's how he is. Okay. So you go walking down the road towards them, I says. Yeah, I mean, we're on foot, right? Or, I'm yes. trotting, but sure. I mean, I skip a little, but only every <laughs> right, now and yeah, then. Just, right. Okay. Sometimes I moonwalk. <laughs> Rick doesn't appreciate any of this. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I'm, I'm changing maps. You know? uh, it's, it's hard to keep track of all this stuff. Okay. So you all are walking up and you see the command group. Can you see on the map? Yep. I see yeah. there's soldiers on a ridge. Yes. Yep. There's soldiers on a ridge. And... One of these guys yells out, uh, Halt and announce yourselves. I'm Papa. I work for the church. Uh, Is the church have a name? The Church of Nesotros? Just the church. Oh, okay. Then I just say the church. Yes, and they they know. I mean, obviously you would have the insignia. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm repping the church in like yes. all kinds of patches and or whatever. The fuck <laughs> sure, all like the that. merch that yeah. you're rocking. Yeah, I've got like yeah. a, a church beanie, all that. I'm just I'm, I'm churched out. Your cape is actually the flag. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Very nice. Hello, yeah. I'm I'm Doctor uh, Engelbert Fizzledink. Acredite here. What of it? And. Uh, the tree? Uh, well, okay, so... Uh, does the tree talk? Yes. <laughs> okay, yeah, then the tree wait. goes, I'm Grandpappy Willow. And he waves. Wait, okay. He's got one branch going on, just... Yeah. Yeah. And you know that something bizarre like a talking tree would unsettle the, uh, the Asians, and, and they look nervous. But um, out of the tent comes this fellow, and he comes to the edge of the the rise above the road, looking down on you, Mm -hmm. and he says, I am High Captain Agravant. Hello. uh, What are you doing here? We're passing through. Do we know the name of that village? You just call it Woodsman's Village or something? Yes. Okay. Woody, Woody, Woody Village. Right, we're, we're on our way to Woody Harrelson, Harrelson's Village. It's just down the road. Yeah. Woody Allen's house. Mm-hmm. All the Woodies. Woody from Toy Story. Uh, <laughs> we got so many Woodies. <laughs> Woody Woodpecker. All the Woodies live there. Nice. Uh, I'll tell him, like, we haven't heard from the village in whatever X amount of days that Rick said. And so... We we're here to check on them. Well, we have come to uh, figure out why you have put a war tower on our border. We have no such tower. We thought you put it up. He, he looks over. Uh, so you don't know whose tower this is, you claim. If it's not yours, then I have no idea. I see your face is as ugly as mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for the we, audio. We can, we can be brothers. Uh, we just got a picture of High Captain. Agravant. He is a handsome fellow. That's a word for it. Stern mm-hmm. military man. Uh, I can see that. All right. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I would just tell him, like, if, if it's not yours, I have no idea whose it is. Well. Have you knocked on the door? 
Have you gone a nest? <laughs> <laughs> we have sent scouts down through the forest into uh, towards the tower, but they have not returned. How long have they been gone? Two days. They were supposed to be gone for two hours. Yeah. That feels too long uh, yeah. to Seems knock like on a door. I'm going to be honest. I think we're going to be coming back, Agravant. Oh, good sight, lad. Uh, we, we've did... taken that into consideration, which is why I brought more troops up here. Have you have you been to the Have you been to Woody Village? No, we have not gone into the forest. There seems to be something very strange going on at the forest, as you can see. And he points down towards where, ostensibly, there would be a village. You you can make out some buildings, Mm -hmm. uh, but it looks really wrong. Now, normally, a woodsman foresting village would have cut the trees back. But it looks like... The trees are actually in the village and are coming up through the the buildings. Grandpappy Willow cranes his neck and looks over and he's like, That all looks right to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd, I'd assume we'd have different perceptions, says right. Captain High Captain I'm Agravant. much taller than you. <laughs> That's true. He kind of bristles and puffs his chest out and looks like he's trying to stand up a little taller. Kind <laughs> <laughs> of stand as tall as a tree. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. Well, he is up on a rise above you, but the tree is still taller than he is, even at that point. Um, and it sucks to suck for that guy. <laughs> all right. Exactly. And he says, why should I let you go down in there? It's not. A, I wasn't asking for permission. I'm just letting you know that's where we're going. All right. So what we're trying to do is use the influence thing, and you're trying to convince him to let you go down um, without having to deal with a hundred troops. Is there any reason he would be keeping me from going down? Uh, they've they've claimed this as a military thing since they've lost some of their people. I mean, that's kind of what I was asking in the beginning. Is this unusual? Um, the the Alatians, Aeacians, <laughs> often come into this contested area and make a big show, and then you often kick them out and say, no, this is our land, or it's neutral, stay out of it. You're encroaching. So they've decided that since they've lost some of their people, they have the right to take over, Ooh. even though by your understanding, they shouldn't have been here in the first place. Okay, so... Well, also, it just seems weird that you don't want to anyone... You're not sending anyone into the woods because you're afraid of it, uh, and you don't want us to go in because you're in charge of it, but you're not really in charge of anything, it doesn't feel like. Well, that wasn't our plans until you showed up, Um, but you do make a good point. All right, so you guys are actually role-playing exactly what we would do if we were doing an influence action. So why don't we roll and see how that works out with the new influence uh, rules in the UA Glossary. Okay. All right. So the way this works is um, each person has an attitude that you encounter, each NPC or creature. And it could be indifferent, friendly, or hostile. This guy seems indifferent. Uh, He's not hostile towards you, but he wants you to go away and he wants to do his own thing. And you're trying to get him to be friendly, quote unquote, to what you want to accomplish. And so the ability, so you can choose a skill 
And there are four influence skills. Animal handling, which this would not apply. Deception. Intimidation. Uh, which is what sounded like Papa was doing. Mm-hmm. And persuasion, which is what sounded like Engelbert was doing. I'm, I'm definitely in the intimidation. Camp. Yeah. So let's go ahead. And so there's a DC. The minimum DC for the check is a 15. And uh, or the creature's intelligence score, whichever is higher. So it's going to be at least a 15. So go ahead and make an intimidation roll, Papa. A 19. Very good. Very good. And um, Engelbert was also doing... uh, No, not worthy enough to roll. Yeah, mine's terrible too. No, just go ahead. You you okay. can't make it worse. Hot hot pass, uh, man in the sky. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, I, I I could make it worse. I have so, a, a negative modifier. <laughs> so do I. I'll do it anyway. Well, even if you get a one, there we go. Acrodite did. It's not going yeah. to make him hostile. Okay. I know that. So it's worth it's worth uh, doing. And You're probably. And Engelbert, you did say something persuasive. So if you don't want to roll, I'll roll. Uh, I'll roll. Uh, <laughs> just going to keep my mouth shut the rest of this game. <laughs> Acrodite can growl a five. Okay, so that didn't have much effect. But the intimidation absolutely did. Plus the, the logic of the persuasive stuff that Engelbert said. So High Captain Agravant is now friendly to the idea of you taking the risk and going in there and then um, reporting back to him on your way out. So he said, great, you all go down in there and we will stay here. All right, Captain Aggravating, we're going. Aggravating. (laughs) Yes. He bristles at your... Uh, mispronunciation of his long-term family name of Agravant. I'm not from around here, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) And off you all go. So you work your way, the the road goes down the valley. Um, He waves you all through the barricade uh, so you don't have to leave the road. And you walk down into the forest. Now, as you get closer... I would like anyone with a nature proficiency to roll that proficiency. Not me. I have one. I'm just setting it up. I got a 17. Very good. And uh, Acrodite, do you have a nature proficiency? I should have that. Oh, right. This is one of those kooky things. I should have it. Uh, but I'd imagine as a druid that you would, but right. you don't have to. He's not that kind of druid. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a reluctant druid who thinks he's a wizard. So maybe you don't have major. Yeah. No, let's say I don't. Yeah, and you I've just have survival. Pr- primal energies, but you, yep. you've never studied nature. Sure. You're not a studier. Yep. Okay, great. But uh, so that's a study action, nature, which gives you information on terrain, flora, weather, and certain creatures such as beasts, dragons, oozes, and plants. Actually, I do have it. I have to as a farmer background. Oh, okay. Makes sense. That. Silly. Okay, so... Go ahead and roll. Because the higher you get, the more information I'll, I'll give you. And if more people are studying it, the more likely you'll... Nature. Oh, yeah. I literally am. But my intelligence is so bad. Yeah, I got a five. 
Okay. So nothing is really jumping out to Acrodite, but Engelbert has um, some insights on what's going on. There are definitely kind of a fey, weathery thing going on that's affecting plants. And with that 17, what jumps to mind to you um, are shambling mounds that are destroying and at the same time causing growth to the forest. So it's a corruption of fey and, and weather activities. You see, there's a convergence of fey and weather conditions uh, that are being met currently that are creating a, a mass of shambling mounds. And uh, it's just causing all sorts of wanton destruction. Uh, or at least that's what some people think. I think it's a natural part of the life cycle of a forest. Uh, sometimes a village just needs to be uh, eradicated if they're, if they're messing up. Right, Grandpappy? And uh, the tree nods along. He totally agrees with me. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good insight, Engelbert. That's why I'm here. You too, Grandpappy. Thank you. All right. So the road goes into the forest and disappears into the, this dark, heavy forest that looks unnatural. It certainly doesn't look like uh, people have been living here. And on the other side of this village is where that tower popped up, right? Yes. So, man, I guess I'm not, I can't ask him anymore. But next time I see Aggravate, and I'm going to ask him, why did you come past all this shit? <laughs> No, no, they the other side. They didn't. They didn't. Um, this the valley goes down to the south. They came from the east. Uh, okay. On a high road, and then you guys both came down into the valley from opposite sides of it at the okay. northern end of the valley. And okay. I'm sorry that it would have been very clear if I had made a map. Um, it's all See, good. it's just simple geography. If we keep going through the tower, we're eventually going to run into Boulevou. Crochet avec moi, ce soir. And that's our ultimate goal in this uh, quest. (laughs) They may show up at the Tower from the South. Who knows? As they didn't exist until (laughs) Chris or Matt made it up. It's a a living document, this campaign. Yeah, there we go. We're all creating this together. Okay. So do you do anything before you head into the Dark Forest? Or are you going into the Dark Forest? Yeah, let's go. You step into the dark forest. Here we go. Yeah, we're going. There's we're nothing going else the to forest. do. Yes, there is. There's nothing else to do. Wow, this forest is really dark. Yes. Is it black? It's so black I can't yeah. see myself. Oops. All right. <laughs> I will turn off dynamic lighting because it doesn't really apply here. Oh, there I am. <laughs> <laughs> do we see the fire from that camp? Yes. And you. So. Walking through the forest for a little while, you uh, both smell and see a campfire. Okay. That's dangerous in a forest this dense. Yeah. You should go put it out. Yeah, it's Smokey the, Smokey the Dwarf. Or no, you're a halfling, aren't you? Smokey the Halfling. <laughs> I think we should head towards the fire and see if we can talk to somebody and find out what's going on. All right. Um, well, now that was to them. I don't know if they still if they want to go with me or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, 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 I'll go with That's you. That's a good idea. Okay, so I'd like you to. We're not going to go in turn uh, turn orders, but move your your tokens as if you were in combat. So move it thirty feet yep. at a time, unless you're uh, running. 
Okay. You know, that kind of thing, because there's stuff sure. going on here. Um, okay. Um, who do you want to go first? Uh, let's just go uh, Patrick, Chris, Matt. Okay. Do you also do things in the order that they show up on the Zoom call? Yes, because <laughs> that's, that's exactly. how I do everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is difficult terrain through there. You can can you see the pathways? Okay, I, I went back. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, it's hard with my aura, but yeah. All right, so I can dim the aura oh, a little bit so it's not five, messing up your map. No, it's fine. 10, 15, 20. I'm staying on the path. Twenty-five and thirty. But I went. I went thirty feet. Okay. Very good. Very good. Uh, go 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. Okay. 30. I just moved. I assume we're just all moving together to stay in the his aura, but. Yes. Okay. Yeah, the uh, grandpappy can't quite fit in it unless he's standing on the other side. Well, but. yeah, like, I guess my question is can we position ourselves so that then we just all move as a group, or do we need to be moving one? person moves 30 feet away uh, so that mm-hmm. they're trapped <laughs> later. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> so as you step down, Papa, in, in the path going towards the camp in the dark woods, uh-huh. a crossbow bolt comes flying out of the darkness and slams into your chest with a critical hit. You take 16 points of damage from okay. the physical hit. And then you feel this awful burning sensation as the poison on the crossbow bolt enters into your system. Uh, so make a constitution save. And okay. Um, right. So that'd so, be an eight, I think. Yeah. So even without, even with your auras, I don't think you can get that up to a DC 15. So no. you take 26 points of poison damage and you have the poisoned condition. Uh, okay. And the poisoned condition, I don't think, is changed in the UA. Notes. I'll double check. No. So it's it's what you would find on D&D. Pretty sure I can use my um, Stone's Endurance to half that damage, though, right? The, um, not the poison, but the 16, you can change that to 8. Oh, no, I'm not going to mess with it then. Yeah. And the poison condition, for our listeners... I have disadvantage on attack rolls and ability checks. Right. But not saving throws. So not all situations. And how long does the poison condition last? Until it ends. Which and it, is, didn't, it didn't tell you. What do you mean it didn't tell me? The poison condition. The poison didn't tell you when it ended. Oh, okay. <laughs> you don't know. That's what I'm saying. All right. All right um, so I'm just going to kill everyone here then. <laughs> yeah, well, someone just shot you with a poison crossbow. I'd, I'd imagine you'd be very angry. Um, at this point, uh, what do you do? Do you draw your weapons and go into combat and try to find out what's going on? Or Yeah, I'm going to... I'm, I'm assuming my weapon was probably already out, but I'm going to ask the tree, like, who's shooting at us? Or who's can, shooting at this tree? Can Grandpappy Willow see? Uh, n- does he have any special, like, tremor sense or blindsight or anything like that? Uh, no, he's just tall. Yeah, Two senses, passive perception is a 10. So just like, yeah, he's just kind of neutral. Yeah, he can't see through the heavy trees any better than you all can. I can't see through these trees better than any of you all can. Oh, sorry, Grandpappy. I just thought since you were really tall. I thought so too, but... <laughs> well, that makes, it, that makes it worse because, the you know, the 
It, it was an assumption. I, I also thought you probably played volleyball in college or something. Mm-hmm. So, right. My bad. No, I was just born the other day when Engelbert woke me up. <laughs> Fair I enough. Was, I, was, I was a little distracted by all these beautiful other trees in the woods here. Their right. foliage. I hear you, man. <laughs> that foliage does a number on you, huh? Very good. All right. Uh, so, well, let's go ahead and go into initiative. Okay. Yay, I got a four. I got a 12. Okay. So, Engelbert got a 27. Grandpappy Willow got a 17. Acrodite got a 12. And Papa got a four. All right. Do we see anything just so I can start prepping what my turn is going to be? Or do I see nothing from where I am? You see nothing from where you are other than the camp. There's a tent. There seems to be someone sleeping or laying down or dead or something uh, next to the campfire. Okay. Okay, Patrick. Papa sees there's there's someone in a bedroll by the fire, okay. mm-hmm. uh, but they're laying on their back with their arms like crossed on their chest. So, like um, they might be dead. dead or dying or something. Okay. Um, and you can't tell exactly where the shot came from, but definitely in the general direction of south. Okay. Yeah, because I mean, I'd know which way the bolts. Yeah, it hits you in the chest, but you you were turning when it happened, so you're not exactly sure where you, where that's going on. Engelbert, okay. you have the first uh, turn. All right, I'm going to cast Fairy Fire uh, in like this square. Okay. And see if anyone pops up. All right. And how big is that? Fairy Fire is a twenty foot cube. 20-foot cube. And what center point did you use? Just like just south of this sleeping body. Okay. So you see glowing inside the tent and a um, a large brown bear, like a grizzly bear. It pokes its head out as it's glowing and it's looking around and like, what's going on? And the... Uh, the person in the bedroll glows as well. And that is what you see. Okay. Uh, if anyone attacks them, you have advantage. All right. So I will mark the bear as... And you are concentrating, correct? Correct. I've already marked myself. Good. All right. Grandpappy Willow. Uh, Grandpappy Willow is just going to get in front of everyone and be like, Stand back. I'll protect you. Get away, bear shoe. <laughs> I'm in the back just going, make yourself look big, tree. Yeah, that's what he does. He's like, this is what you do with bears. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Uh, Good. Nice one. Join us next week for part two of the fourth 1D&D UA playtest. See you then. Thanks for listening to the guild that keeps on giving. Please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, or whatever your favorite podcast service. Also, don't forget to like and share our Facebook page, The Guild That Keeps On Giving on Facebook, our Instagram at TGTKOG, and our Twitter at T underscore G underscore T underscore K underscore O underscore G. For all of us here at The Guild That Keeps On Giving, thanks for listening and have a great week.